That's 504 cycles. Wow. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for tuning back into Earth to Joy podcast. I am your host, Christelle, and this is part two of my Planet Friendly Period podcast episode. If you have not watched the first one, go ahead and check that out first and then come back to this one. That episode, I talk about the biology of periods and menstrual cycles, how it's connected to the lunar phases, some history and cultural opinions of periods and menstruating, as well as some period blood benefits and how things got started in the very, very beginning. This episode, I am going to be amping it up and talking about my personal period routine and what I personally do to keep my cramping and menstruating at bay. I wanted to again note that I am by no means asking anyone who menstruates to adapt a routine like mine. I'm just very passionate about sharing these personal experiences with you because I have been on this routine for about five years now. And I also don't want to give off the impression that we as menstruating humans need to pick up the slack from large corporations not doing their part or that we're responsible for changing our habits when non-menstruating humans also have a large effect and impact on our planet as well. Of course, personal and individual changes are always great to start, but we shouldn't lose sight in knowing that the systems we currently have in place are destroying our planet. I once again apologize in advance if I use the term woman a lot in this episode. I don't want it to ever sound like I'm only ever referring to women and that women are the only people that experience menstrual cycles. And before we get started, I wanted to welcome anyone that is new to our space here. So thank you so much for joining us and welcome. I am Christelle, the host of this podcast, and I'm very, very passionate about sharing my eco-friendly lifestyle. If you'd like to see more frequent episodes, please let me know you're loving this podcast by leaving a five-star Apple podcast review. And I am always happy to take episode suggestions, so please reach out if you'd like. And you can find me on Instagram at naturaljoy.ca. And the podcast Instagram is earth2joypod. So on today's episode, I'm going to bring you guys along my journey on what caused me to shift to a low waste routine. And then we're going to be doing a little bit of math just so you could easily visualize how much I'm saving in terms of disposable products in landfill as well as money wise. And then afterwards, I'll talk about my actual low waste routine and then go into detail about a few of the products like the iconic Diva Cup, a few tips, guides, and other helpful things to know if you are considering a lower waste period routine. And then we'll end off this episode really briefly talking about birth control and a Q&A with five questions. If you have any other questions after this podcast, then I will leave another Q&A for a couple days from now on my main Instagram account at naturaljoy.ca. So watch out for that if you do have any other questions. But other than that, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so thanks to part one, we know that the first ever air quotations Kotex pad was basically a few nurses in the 20th century that used wood pulp bandages to use as disposable pads for menstrual cycles. Pads for menstrual cycles. Man, one thing that I miss about being around people is I always mispronounce words because my mind just conjumbles everything into one weird sound. But I honestly miss when my friends 
would like point out the things that I mispronounced. Like I used to be really insecure about it, but now it's like, aw, no one's here to say payads with me after I say payads. Anyways, I asked my followers on Instagram last year how heavy their flow was and it was basically four different options turned into five different options. So the first was light flow one to three days, light flow four plus days, heavy flow one to three days or heavy flow four plus days. It ended up being majority of people having heavy flows that are more than four days long. It was even for some people having one to three day periods and not very many people had light flows with more than four days. Another option that came to be was, was non-existent periods because of IUDs and other factors in their lives. Only a couple people mentioned that, but I thought that was worth including in here because it's very interesting to hear that some people just don't have a period. Not that it's good or bad or anything, I just think that it's cool to note that, but I'm going to be talking about my period and my flow. So a lot of things have been changing with my period this past year. And I think it's because I stopped taking hormonal birth control. I think it was September 2019. And my body is adjusting to a more natural birth control now. More on this later. But I've always had a super heavy flow that lasts anywhere from four to seven days. And my flows used to be really heavy. So I'm going to take a very big amount of time right now to talk about my side story for leaking in high school because it was the most mortifying thing. But I love telling people this story because it's so funny. I have a really heavy flow. And in high school, I used to only exclusively wear like the super heavy sports tampons. And even with those supersized tampons, I would need to change my tampon every hour. Like if I pushed it to an hour and a half, I'm pushing it. That's for super heavy tampons. So you could only imagine how heavy my flow is. Anyways, for high school one time, it was the winter and I was in one of those like portable classrooms where it's not actually in a building, it's outside of the building in another tiny classroom. I didn't want to get up and change my tampon at that point because one, social anxiety, two, it's winter, and three, laziness. So I decided to risk it and see what would happen. Obviously, since I'm telling you this story right now, it did not go fucking well at all. It was the end of the class and this teacher is very sociable and talkative. So a lot of students stay back to just chill with him because after this class is our lunch and the bell rang for this class to be over. So I got up from my seat. I felt everything drain. So I sat back down. I was like, oh, Sorry, I forgot something at my desk. I'm gonna search around, wait until other people leave, maybe like pretend to look for my keys or something in my backpack because I usually go home for lunch. I obviously wasn't able to get out of this classroom gracefully because there was people still just chilling around the teacher. So I just got up again. I put my backpack like very, very low to try to cover my like the bottom of my butt obviously it doesn't work my backpack wasn't that big but I got up very quickly I looked down to my seat and it was literally soaking from my blood like it was a lot and I was like oh my 
god like that is a lot like enough where you can't hide it you know like it was a lot and I didn't know what to do so I literally just left Thank God that the school that I attended had black uniform pants, so no one actually saw me leaking personally, but they just saw that seat, whoever sat in it next. I left. I don't know what happened after that. Um, I, I don't know who sat in it next. I, I don't know what happened after that, but that was very traumatic. That was the point in my life when I realized that my heavy flow is affecting my life <laughs> like I can't go even an hour and a half without having to change my tampon I really was mortified of my heavy flow and I wanted it to stop I didn't want heavy flows anymore I didn't know what to do I don't know how to make it stop or make it better so I started to do a lot more research and it got me thinking consciously about the landfill and how many tampons that I actually contribute to at that time. Like I would have to change my tampon every hour for five days straight and that adds up to a lot of tampons. And so since I'm a huge fucking nerd, I needed to calculate exactly how much I was contributing to landfill and how much money I was spending on these disposable products. Feel free to do your own calculations with your own personal data to make sure that you are calculating your own impact if you'd like. I'm gonna try to make this as simple and fast as possible. Again, I'm a huge fucking nerd, so I have a bunch of like calculations in front of me right now. So past Joy used to use eight tampons a day on heavy days, which was five days per cycle. And I also used to use two pads a day every day for five days, one as a tampon backup and another one as an overnight pad for sleeping. So that equals to 40 tampons per cycle and 10 pads per cycle. If I use 40 tampons per cycle and I have 12 cycles per year, that's 480 tampon applicators, the tampon itself, and tampon wrapping, and the box that the tampons came in that goes into landfill each year. And if I use 10 pads per cycle and I have 12 periods per year, that equals to 120 pads and liners and all of the little flimsy plastics and the boxes that it comes with that goes into the landfill each year. Now humans that menstruate usually have their periods between 13 to 55 years old before they begin menopause, which is 42 years worth of cycles. So that's roughly 504 cycles in a lifetime, assuming that you don't get pregnant. Wow! 42 years, 42 years of periods from 13 to 55 years old. That's 504 cycles. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm yelling in your ear, if I'm in your ear. I'm, I'm sorry. So if I use 480 tampons a year and I have my period for 42 years, in a lifetime, I would have used 20,160 tampons. I'm going to do the same with pads. If I use 120 pads a year and I have my period for 42 years, that's 5,040 pads that are going into landfill. Plus all of the packaging. That's not even including the overall waste 
of thrown away underwear that's been ruined, thrown away pants that have been ruined, thrown away bed sheets that have been ruined or furniture or the heat pads that we need to buy or the prescriptions that we need to get for period cramping or anything else that we need in order to sustain our menstrual cycle. And that's not even getting into prices. I need to like take a deep breath before I start into the prices. <sighs> because the average cost for a box of tampons in Southern Ontario, where I live, is $5 for 18 tampons at Walmart. Just for your average Tampax brand, it's $5. That's not including tax, by the way. But in Northern Ontario, a box for 18 tampons costs anywhere between $13 to $15. It's the exact same box, but it's three times more expensive in Northern Ontario. And guess who lives in Northern Ontario? Predominantly Indigenous communities. So I've done all the calculations as far as money for tampons and pads as well using the Southern Ontario rates that I pay for. Overall, you spend roughly around $150 for tampons and $40 per year for pads. If I multiply that by 42, in my lifetime, I would spend $6,300 on tampons alone and then $1,680 on pads alone for the 42 years of menstruating. These again are Southern Ontario rates. If I was in Northern Ontario, that would triple. It would be at least $14,414.40 for tampons alone for a lifetime for Indigenous women. That's not even including pads. $14,414.40 for tampons alone. I want you to be mindful of that number. I want you to be mindful that they pay three times more than what we do for disposable period products. They won't have access to reusable menstruating products like we do because you know what? They don't even have clean running water to drink from, let alone to have to rinse out their diva cup in a sink. When this was brought to light to me, I was heartbroken, honestly, because I rave about Diva Cups and all of these reusable products all the time. It's changed my life. I can't live without these products anymore. And one of the things that came to mind when I finally got the hang of my routine and it became second nature was, oh my god, why isn't a Diva Cup accessible to everyone in the world? Why can't people in rural India use Diva Cups? Why can't low-income communities use Diva Cups to save money and to save waste? Why, 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 why? I never thought of the logistical side of things in order to actually make this a success in your community and your neighborhood and where you live. That wasn't even on my radar until it came to light to me. So I really just want you to recognize that standpoint and understand that we are living in a community and place of privilege. And if there's anything that you could do to save things from going to landfill or save your pockets from wasting any money, then why not? Why not do it? Why? Like it's so easily accessible for you. <laughs> Remember at the very beginning of this when I was like, oh, you don't need to change anything. I'm obviously taking that back now, bitches. Nah, I'm just kidding. Just do what you can with what you have and where you are right now. That's all we could really ask for. 
and take time. This is not a be all end all black and white switch to zero waste all at once type of thing. It's going to be very overwhelming. It's going to take a lot of practice in order to make it become second nature. You need to ease into it. It's not going to be a fast transition. At least it wasn't for me. And this is a really great segue into the next topic about my low waste period routine. This is a moment we've all been waiting for, isn't it? I want to start off by saying that yes, it is something that we really need to ease into. I went from switching to plastic tampon applicators to cardboard tampon applicators. And then when I was comfortable with cardboard applicators, I used all of those products up. And then I started to use no applicators. So the Pro Comfort OB tampons don't come with any applicators at all. And you just finger yourself until it's in the right spot. I still have a box of the Pro Comfort OB tampons because I keep them in my bag. When I used to have a car, I used to keep it in my car as well. Just in case my period came suddenly, I would still have backup tampons just in case. But I would say before you actually purchase any of the products that I'm going to be mentioning, use up what you have right now disposable wise because that's the most sustainable thing that you could do is to use up what you already have. So I'm going to name each one of the things that I use for my periods and then go into explanations about it afterwards. So the number one thing is the Diva Cup. Number two is the period panties from Thinks or NYX. Number three is the sage essential oil called Period. Four is a hot water bottle. Five is CBD oil. Number six is treats, but make it low waste somehow by going to Bulk Barn or buying cardboard packaged candies or vegan ice cream. And number seven is tea. So ginger, chamomile, or cinnamon tea are really good for period cramps. And I personally don't use Midol for my period cramps. I do use another drug that starts with the letter M. So that would be my number eight is marijuana. So those are basically the eight main things that I always keep around to make sure that I'm having the easiest period possible. I'm going to go into detail about a few of these now. Obviously, number one would be the most iconic Diva Cup. It's magical. It is my lifesaver. It's travel friendly. It's sports friendly. It's camping friendly. You could cough, laugh, sneeze, do headstands, do cartwheels. You could also even get eaten out. Need I say any fucking more? I don't think so. But I will because I'm helpful. <laughs> so how do you get started? What do you do? How do you figure out this shit, right? You are going to start off by going to putacupinit.org. You are going to need to do that in order to know exactly which type of menstrual cup you need for your specific body. And the quiz is going to be asking you a lot of detailed questions like, hey, if you finger yourself, how far can you go? Is it from the first knuckle, second knuckle? Just to see how long your cervix is. You don't necessarily need to, but the more details you could give in that quiz, the more accurate the period cup that they're offering is going to be. There was no such thing as putacupinit.org when I first started this, so it is a saving grace for everyone else. But I'm just very lucky that the Diva Cup fits perfectly inside of my vagina with my cervix, never leaks or anything like that. 
but I have a friend that bought a Diva cup and it didn't fit her correctly at all. I told her to go on putacuponit.org. It turns out that her body needs a menstrual cup that looks completely different than the Diva cup. The Diva cup is very like cone shaped and teardropped, but the cup that they suggested was more like a round cup for her. So it really depends on your cervix length and like your vagina and everything. Highly, highly recommend that website before you even think about buying any. That's putacupinit.org. And then once you buy the cup that's right for you, it's typically made out of medical grade silicone, which is natural. Just keep in mind that that doesn't mean that it's biodegradable. Since we use it for our bodily fluids, it's technically still biohazardous and you won't be able to biodegrade it or recycle it, but it still lasts a lot longer than the disposable plastic tampon applicators and disposable tampons altogether. Other things about the Diva Cup specifically, since that's the one that I use personally, is that you could replace the Diva Cup every seven to 10 years, it says online. I would prefer to change it every five to seven years just to be on the safe side, but it can last up to 10 years if need be. And like, it, it's amazing for travel. You don't have to stress about finding a washroom to replace your tampon with. It's also sports friendly. You could do whatever you want. You could do cartwheels, backflips, anything. It will stay in place and it will not leak once you get the cup in there right. It's camping friendly. You could cough, sneeze, or laugh with it and you won't leak. I know I'm very sensitive with that. Are you very sensitive with that? I'm like considerably sensitive to laughing, coughing, or sneezing when I'm on my period. Like if I laugh too hard mm -mm. and it's eating out friendly. By that, I don't mean takeout from your favorite restaurant. I mean, go down on you with a diva cup inside because it blocks everything from happening. I personally have not tried this. I personally am not comfortable with this yet in my life and in my journey, but if you are comfortable with that, then all the power to you. Try it, let me know. If you've already tried it, let me know. A few other tips that I would recommend for beginners is to not leave your house for the first two or three cycles because it typically takes about three cycles to get comfortable with how to use a diva cup with your body. So the best way to practice would be in the shower or if you have a toilet right beside the sink. Like you can't practice this if your toilet is really, really far away from the sink or if you're not in the shower. I mean, you certainly can, but it's gonna be really difficult on you. And you might be discouraged of the whole process if you don't do it in the shower or close to a sink. Other tips that I would recommend is to not buy the soap that they advertise to pair well with the cup. It's full of toxic chemicals and toxic ingredients that aren't actually naturally good for your body anyways. The best way to clean your Diva Cup would be to boil water and baking soda and leave the cup in there until it comes out clear again. You don't need to do this necessarily every single cycle. I usually do it after three or four cycles or when my cup starts to discolor a little bit. 
So definitely do it whenever you'd like or however often you'd like. It is completely natural just using baking soda, so it's not going to be harmful or degrade the menstrual cup at all. So with actually inserting the Diva Cup, I've posted reels on my Instagram of how to insert and take out your Diva Cups. Definitely go explore my page and look for that detail. I'll briefly go over the Diva Cup insertion right now if you didn't want to or don't have the access to going on Instagram at the moment. You ultimately need your cup and then you fold one side in to make a point as if it's like a tampon shape at the very top. And then the most difficult part about the Diva Cup is to keep that point while you're trying to insert it. So it's not the same action as inserting a tampon where you just put it inside of your vagina and then you push the applicator through to make sure that the tampon stays in place. With the cup, you actually need to fold the side down, keep it as a point, pinch the the middle of the cup so it stays in the point and then it's different for everyone but the the angle that you insert the tampon in is really important because it gauges where it's going into your vagina and when it flaps open inside of you it becomes a suction basically. It's explained better in the videos where there's representation. In that video obviously the glass is not malleable or flexible but our bodies are so if you're intimidated by that video or if you think that it's still too hard still try and give it a shot. Like being in lockdown right now is a perfect time to practice putting in a diva cup if you are new because you can't really leave the house anyways and it did take roughly around three cycles to get comfortable with it. I think it took me a few months to actually be comfortable with doing it in public washrooms or camping or in like outhouses or anything. So be really nice to yourself during this time. It's not like it's a race to be able to switch over as fast as you possibly can. Again, it's a work in progress. We're trying our best with what we have in the time that we have it in. But I do have a story about one of my first Diva Cup insertions. I was terrified. I was terrified because I put it in and the first time that I put it in, it leaked because I didn't angle it in the right way and the suction didn't actually stick so it leaked and when I tried to take it out I could not. I tried to take it out in the toilet. I like opened my legs as far as they could go and I was digging in there and I tried so hard to do it. I almost had to have like two hands, four fingers in my vagina trying to pull this shit out. I almost called my sister in the room because I was so nervous and I thought that it would be stuck there forever. But then I moved to the shower, I squatted really low, I relaxed and it naturally like pushed itself forward in order for me to yank it out easier. Ugh, I don't like the word yank. That's such an intimidating word, especially if I'm talking about this shit. Um, it was easier to take out of my body essentially and once I became very very comfortable with this I started to change my cup at friends houses. It again it took a couple months to be able to do that and be comfortable with it. And one thing I forgot to mention is you only need to empty it about two to three times a day. During the heaviest days you would do it once in the morning right after you wake up. In the late afternoon typically after I work I empty it and then right before bed as well. 
during the lighter days or if you have a light flow, you could probably get away with only changing it in the morning and in the night. And you don't need to worry about toxic shock syndrome like you would need to typically worry when you're using tampons because, again, this is made out of medical grade silicone. So there's nothing harmful to your body, essentially. And a little confession, I'm actually not using the Diva Cup right now. I'm taking a break from it and that's because I recently got an IUD inserted and you're meant to wait until the IUD is to heal over and make sure that it's inserted, you know? You can't actually just insert the IUD and then start using the Diva Cup your next cycle. I recommend maybe waiting about six months. At least that's what I'm doing. But definitely do your own research. Make sure that this is something that you can do. Speak with your doctor about it and just double check. I'm not a practitioner. I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional in this. This is just from personal experiences and take it as a grain of salt. I'm not responsible for your vagina, you are. So what I have been using lately since I've gotten my IUD inserted is really depending on my period panties and they've been a lifesaver. It's great as a tampon backup for heavy days. Honestly, my period flow is very heavy, so it's good as backup. If you have light periods, then this would be great for you as well. And uh, But for me, it just doesn't work as my only product to use for my periods and my bleeding. Again, I'm only doing this for six months, so I'm hanging on there, and thankfully I am home, so I do leak a lot during these times, but it's totally fine because I could just clean it up afterwards and just do my laundry afterwards and have my period panties ready for the next day. But I wanted to give you some tips if you are beginning with period panties or period pads. What really got me with disposable pads is they're not long enough for me. Like my blood goes up my ass crack and it, it goes at the back of my panties whereas pads were never long enough to support both the front and the back of my bottom. Period panties, like most of the time, it is protected from the very top of your pubic bone all the way around. It's really helpful in that sense because before I used to have to use like overnight pads in the daytime because they were large enough to actually cover my entire span of my underwear and crack. <laughs> I love, I love how much I've said crack and I'm sure you're visualizing bloody ass cracks right now. It's great. I <laughs> so I think I got like one boy shorts, two high-waisted, and one thong. But if you are just prioritizing period panties and not using diva cups at all, I would probably up the ante to like three boy shorts, three high-waisted panties. I I don't know if I would recommend the thong ones because they don't really hold that much. It's good for like the very, very last day of your period where it's just like residue basically, but I wouldn't really depend or count on it if you're on like day two of your period, you know? And I've developed a ritual around cleaning my period panties because it is a little bit different than throwing them in the regular wash. So what I like to do is I separate them from my regular laundry and then I rinse them a few times in my sink. And then after I rinse them a few times, the water doesn't have to run clear because this underwear holds a lot. Like the boy shorts from NYX can hold up to four tampon sizes. 
so it holds a lot of liquids in there so when you're rinsing it a few times it's not going to come out running clear uh, you still will need to put it in the laundry but what I do is re-wet it and take off as much as I possibly can I let it soak in a container with baking soda water and a little bit of vinegar if you don't have baking soda, you could also use your laundry detergent that you're going to be using or Castile soap. So I let it soak in there for at least five minutes and I usually just do another task while I wait for that to soak. And then after it's soaked a little bit, the water in there is going to be a lot dirtier than you expect it to be, but you're just gonna rinse that out one or two more times. Again, the water is still not gonna be clear, but then after that, you're gonna throw all of the underwear into a delicates bag and then throw that in your regular wash with the rest of your clothes and then hang them to dry if possible because it sustains their life by a landslide. So I bought Thinx underwear when they were first like a Kickstarter, like in the very, very beginning, like first generation and they're still holding up right now but they're starting to deteriorate and that's probably because i'm coming up to the six year mark but also it's because i didn't take care of them very well and i put them in the dryer all the time up until probably last year and i could tell the difference between the absorption of thinks and my nyx underwear that i have been sustaining and taking care of very well and by the way i have referral codes for both nyx and thinks i think nyx gives you 15 dollars off and thinks gives you 10 dollars off personally for me i like nyx better because they are a canadian brand and there's no controversy around the brand Thinks had a very big scandal a few years ago regarding their CEO and founder and how they don't really follow their own business model. So look into that if you want or support whatever business you feel most called to. But that's just a heads up if you are air quotations really political like me. You could also support local brands that do their own thing or look into reusable pads if that works better for you. But I wanted to compare a little bit between the math in the beginning of the disposable stuff and the math for reusable things. So if a Diva cup is $40 for the cup and you need to replace it every five to seven years and we have 52 years worth of periods, then if you do 52 divided by five years, you would need 8.5 Diva cups for a lifetime. 8.5 cups, multiply that by $40. That's $340 total for Diva Cups your entire life. $340 total for the Diva Cups for a lifetime compared to disposable tampons for a lifetime being $6,300. Excuse me? That is a savings of $5,960. That's literally a lot of things <laughs> that's a lot of things that's like basically a down payment on a tesla if i wanted like you're saving a lot if you switch over to using a diva cup instead of disposable tampon and then if we also look into the period panties let's say nyx panties are 45 dollars per pair and you have four pairs per cycle that's 180 Canadian dollars for those four pieces of underwear that will last you five to seven years. For a lifetime, that's $1,530 going towards period panties. 
$1,530 is definitely more than the disposable pads. So the disposable pads over a lifetime was $1,680. Whereas for the period panties, that is coming up as $1,530 for the lifetime. So it kind of averages out, but keep in mind that you're saving a lot of things from going into landfill if you switch to the period panties than continually using the disposable pads. So the total cost for those two things, if we're doing like an on average basis, it's $1,710 for the reusable period products for a lifetime, a lifetime. The total cost for the disposable was $7,980. You're roughly saving $6,270. Um, excuse me. That's amazing. So that's just a little quick math for you to just visualize what you're saving in terms of landfill and money-wise. Aside from that, the other things that I wanted to go into detail about is the sage essential oil called Period. It used to be called Moon Cycle, which kind of kickstarted me researching on why it was called Moon Cycle. And then it opened up an entire fucking portal for me to obsess over. And their essential oil is amazing. You're supposed to rub the essential oil on your like abdomen area, the lower back and the inner thighs. I also sometimes just rub it into my palm rub my hands together and then put it over my nose and mouth and breathe in because it's very, very relaxing to do that as well. I wouldn't necessarily say it like cures my cramps, but it definitely helps settle them down a lot as well as having that hot water bottle. I have the iconic red water bottle that your grandparents probably have and that stuck by me throughout the years. I've had it, I think since high school and I haven't had to replace it once and it's great. And if you pair the hot water bottle with the essential oil plus CBD oil, it really, really helps out your cramping. I get really, really bad cramps and I have a really heavy flow. So mother nature was like, fuck you. But my cramps are really bad. And since I've gotten my IUD inserted, it's actually become worse, which I thought couldn't happen, but it does. Honest to God, the three of these together is a holy trinity for me. I cannot last one day on my period without all three of these. I would go fucking crazy or I would not be able to function. And then the last ones are kind of a given is my treats and from having munchies. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into detail about that. But as a review, before we move on to the next topic, again, the personal period products that I use is the Diva Cup, period panties from NYX or Thinks, the Sage essential oil called Period, reusable hot water bottle, CBD oil, treats and tea, as well as marijuana, which is legal in Canada. But I did want to circle back to birth control and I'm going to try to do this really briefly because I'm not an expert and, and I don't want you to be influenced by anything I say. I want you to do your own research and do whatever you think is best for you. Personally, for me, hormonal birth control never worked. I tried doing the pill. It never worked for me. I would always forget, like I would literally only take it three times a week and then completely forget for the rest of the week. It just never worked. I would always have like on and off periods because I never actually did it on the daily that my, my body just fucking got so confused and fucked up. So I tried to do 
the patches, like the weekly patches where you just put a different patch on your body um, and then it slowly releases the hormones into your skin that's needed for birth control. It honestly was very, very effective. But the waste included in that really gave me a little bit of eco-anxiety. I hated having to open up this giant ass pack for only three patches every month and then continuously needing to refill these at the pharmacy all the time. Like it just worried me to know that there's microplastics and my skin started to get irritated and it started to get inflamed in some areas. Also, whenever I went on vacation, I would put it like near my boob where they told me literally to never ever put it. And I just put it there because I didn't want a square tan line anywhere, <laughs> which is horrible. I actually stopped the month after I came back from Costa Rica because I learned so much and grew so much in Costa Rica that I realized that hormonal birth control isn't right for me. And that's when I kind of started to transition into a natural tracking cycle. And I use natural cycle, which is a basal thermometer. And you basically just take your temperature in the morning you will naturally see a pattern in your temperature to advise like, hey, you're in the follicular phase right now, or oh my god, you're ovulating right now, or you're on your period, or oh, your temperature has increased by two degrees on this day, which means that you're going to get your period in the next two days. I, I did the basal thermometer for about a year, almost maybe a little bit over a year, but I couldn't keep track of that either because it was like birth control pills where I had to take it on a daily and I'm not the type of person to keep up with that shit, you know? I always forget. I get distracted. It just didn't work personally for me in my life. I did learn a lot about myself and my body during that time and I read and did a lot of research before I actually switched to not having any birth control at all because it is a very big risk that you're willing to take if you are naturally tracking your cycle. And last year I realized that that's not for me. The stress of doubting yourself and the stress of not knowing if you're pregnant or not was way too much for me. Like I could not handle the stress of having those pregnancy scares literally before each period. So I switched from just doing the natural basal thermometer to a copper IUD. And the reason why I chose a copper IUD is because it is more natural than the other IUD option that you have. It's the IUD that's made out of copper and copper is basically meant to block any sperm from going any farther than where the copper is because sperm does not like copper. I, again, I did a lot of research on this before I actually committed to having this procedure done. I don't regret it at all. I mean, my period cramps are so, so much worse now. They warn you in reviews and everything that if you get the copper IUD, there's a high chance that your period will become heavier. And when I actually went to the women's clinic to get this inserted, the healthcare worker was like, do you have a heavy flow? And I was like, yes. And she was like, okay, so why are you taking this copper IUD? You know that it's going to make it even heavier. She was like very doubtful. She was like, okay, whatever you say. But honestly, my period isn't that much heavier than it was in high school. If anything, it just, it's the buildup that's different. So before I had my IUD inserted, my heaviest flow days was day two and day three 
but now my bleeding days have extended by like six to seven days and my cramps are really 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 bad on day one and day two and day three but then my bleeding is really really bad on day three four and five so it's kind of delayed the bleeding I wouldn't say it's any more well maybe it's a little bit more than what I normally had beforehand but it's not anything extremely different like I I'm happy with my decision and I'm happy that I am not worried every single month if I'm pregnant or not anymore and for the copper IUD you need to change it every five or so years I think the packages say like seven to twelve years but the healthcare worker was like you can change it every five years if you'd like. And the best thing about it is if you ever plan children in the future, you just have to remove it and you're instantly back to normal. Like you're instantly fertile again. Just a heads up, not every single IUD is a copper IUD. So another option that a few people I know have is the hormonal IUD and that actually stops your period altogether sometimes. Knowing that I won't have a period ever at all, kind of scares me too and I just thought that was not natural so I didn't opt for that option but again if it works for you in your life then go for it do your own research I'm not your fucking mother or your doctor the premise of hormonal birth control is to stop having babies right and the people that created hormonal birth control was men it wasn't women that made hormonal birth control otherwise we wouldn't want all of these fucking side effects that you get it just doesn't sit well with me it doesn't resonate with me i'm always about natural living and that's why i chose the natural copper iud i hope that gives you a little bit more insight and makes you think about what you're doing with your birth control and maybe do a little bit more research as far as the hormones that you're taking and the pills that you're taking if you are on the daily pill. The other thing with hormonal birth control is you wouldn't be fertile instantly after you take birth control because it's in your body, it's in your blood and system. Um, It takes a little bit of time to actually wear out and to actually ovulate because hormonal birth control, I'm not sure if this is like news to you or not, but just tricks your body into thinking you're pregnant so it doesn't actually go through all of the phases of natural menstrual cycles. I'll leave a Q&A in a couple days for any other questions, but I do have five questions here from last time, and I'm going to go through it now. I think I've discussed most of these already, but number one was, why should we switch to low-waste periods other than environmental reasons? If you're a cheap-ass bitch like me, it's ultimately for the money as well. Like from the activity earlier, you're clearly saving thousands of dollars in a lifetime if you switch over to reusable products. It's also a lot less hassle for me, especially if you travel a lot, the Diva Cup is a lifesaver. If you camp a lot, the Diva Cup is a lifesaver. Number two is, does the Diva Cup hurt? No, not at all. If you can insert a tampon, you can insert a Diva Cup. It might be freaky and it might hurt a little bit the first time you try to take it out because you're not used to that action. You're not used to that movement. So your body is going to tense up. You might think it hurts or you might think it's uncomfortable. But after some practice, I'd say after maybe six months of having the Diva Cup, it becomes second nature. I could literally do it with one hand while I'm on the phone in the public bathroom if I wanted to. (laughs) That's how comfortable I am with this cup. Number three is how do I know what type of diva cup to get? You need to do the quiz on putacupinit.org because that really, really helps you out to figure out the size of your cervix, to see what type of cup 
is actually needed to catch all of your blood and not leak. They'll give you a lot of general information and details in order to choose the right answers that work best for you and your body. Number four is Nick's versus thinks. What do you think? I'm leaning more towards Nick's than thinks, but both brands are very good. I would suggest maybe supporting local businesses around your area if you do know of business owners that are selling reusable period products like period panties. Definitely go check them out if you can support their business because Nick's and Thinks are very well off. But if you don't, then I do have coupon codes if you'd like some money off. And number five is, I remember you saying you have really bad cramps. What do you take again? I got off of birth control and my cramps have come back. It's the holy trinity. So it's the sage essential oil, CBD oil, as well as my hot water bottle that really helped me out a lot. Plus lots of marijuana. (laughs) And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so, so, so happy that I finally got this out. This has been my baby. And this has been something I've been looking forward to since before I started this podcast. So thank you so much for listening and tuning in if you've made it this far. I hope you learned something and feel inspired to do something after hanging out with me today. As always, we could stay in touch if you follow me on Instagram at naturaljoy.ca and the podcast Instagram is earth2joypod. And if you think any of your friends or family members might resonate with our conversation, definitely share this with them. And it would mean a lot to me if you rate this five-star on Apple Podcast. Until next time, I hope you take care of yourself, the ones you love, and your planet. Bye guys, take care.